Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Bottoms Up Podcast. Uh, this is our fourth in a series of about a thousand to come. So, so I uh, think so. Yep. Uh, as usual, this is Fred, the uh, grassy troll. And uh, across the table from me is Blado. Hello. And off to my right, tweaking the knobs, is Knobs. Okay. And... Uh, Today I'm going to throw it over to Blado and uh, let him give you what? I thought you were going to introduce our special guest. Not yet. Oh, <laughs> she was over here. <laughs> well, I will. We are joined by our friend uh, Shameless, who uh, uh, also deeply cares about the direction of this country. And when I told her about our podcast, uh, I said, you should be a guest. I didn't know if I meant tonight, but... That's what happened. Well, I appreciate you inviting me, Blotto. Welcome, so, Shameless. Welcome, Shameless. And you jump in whenever you're ready. And Oh, I will. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, we always like to date stamp our, uh, our show. So today in the news, um, Trump picks Heather Newart, who I'm not even sure if I'm pronouncing her name right. I, I hear it pronounced all different ways. Just call her Heather Locklear. Yeah, may it as works. well. <laughs> um, for UN ambassador, because she's highly qualified for that kind of thing. Uh, Comey testified behind closed doors today and with the promise that that uh, transcript transcript is going to be released, and we'll have to see how that goes. I bet you that turns into a cluster. Blade. I believe it will. Too. I think it will. I, I think they're going to parse it out, and it's going to turn into a he said, he said, she said. Yeah. Um, and then also today... Uh, there's uh, lots of new juice coming out of uh, Mueller and his court filings. And, um, you know, I, I know that one of the things that came out was he was recommending a pretty stiff sentence for uh, Michael Cohen, uh, even though he's been a cooperating, cooperating witness, uh, just based on the severity of his crimes. Um, so and I think there's uh, some more coming out yet today. So that's kind of what's happened in the news today. Uh, we've also added a new segment to our show um, where we're going to talk about probably something that we've seen on Facebook or something viral that uh, we thought was interesting or it upset us or, um, you know, we thought we would share or something else interesting. So um, we're just going to kind of take a turn at that. Okay. Fred, what do you got? Sure. Um, well, what I'm going to be talking about today is... Uh, um, another podcast, as a matter of fact. I mean, I we kind of got into this podcast thing because we were podcast listeners ourselves. So uh, I'm going to call my segment Plug a Pod. Um, and I'm going to uh, promote a uh, podcast that I've actually listened to twice now. Just finished it up today. Um, I'm going to read a little bit here. So if it sounds canned, that's why. Um, do you have interest in history? <laughs> interest in politics? I'm assuming you do because you're listening to this podcast. Is it possible for an American vice president to carry out a criminal enterprise while within the White House and have nobody remember? To have one of the most brazen political bribery scandals in American yeah. history <laughs> play out before the country while no one's paying attention? In her first original podcast, MSNBC's Rachel Maddow Goes back 45 years to dig into a story that got overshadowed. All right, we've just lost 40% of state. America because you have mentioned Rachel Man. No, <laughs> I don't believe that. The podcast is called Bagman. And like I say, I've, I've been through it twice now as of today. It's a seven-part series, but it's real easy to follow. And the segments are only 30 to 60 minutes, so it's, it's easy to get through it. Um, and what it's going to show you is history does repeat itself. It's eerie and amazing the similarities between the things Agnew did and the presidents is doing now. It's like they were almost working. Presidents. This, That's this, how we refer to him here. He's the oh, president. I'm, I'm familiar. I've, <laughs> I've noticed Fred refer <laughs> yes. to him in that way before. But it seems like they're using the same playbook. Um, and a little teaser during the podcast, in her research, uh, Rachel discovers a lost historical fact about a former president who just happens to be in the news lately. It's kind of shocking, actually. 
And the last thing I want to say about it is it's available on MSNBC website, Stitcher, and Apple, and it's free to subscribe to. How many other podcasts actually plug other people's podcasts? We are righteous. Uh, anyways, uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I'm not this big history buff, but uh, the Watergate thing, and that was always intriguing because of what a mess it was. Yeah. And uh, I didn't really know a whole lot about the reason Agnew resigned. Mm -hmm. I thought it had to do with Watergate. Right. But uh, if you listen to the iPod, you'll find out that it has nothing to do with Watergate. So, yeah. Spoiler. Shameless, you, you have something you wanted to share that you were thinking about? About Spiro Agnew or just No, about... no, no, about your <laughs> about the, the meme or the tweet or the pod or oh, something. Oh, I don't have and... a recent one, but I, I do have a favorite. And I, have you seen the one with uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg wrapped in bubble wrap? No. <laughs> that That is a keeper. I saved that to my phone. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, can, you can attach that to her contact. Oh you yes, know? I so could. <laughs> as, as you know, as she rings, you'll 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 know what it is. So, um, the, 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 I came across a meme, and uh, it, it's not quite political, but it, the reason I, I bring it up is because it compelled me to actually do some additional research, and I thought it was an interesting story. It's a meme um, showing this uh, this guy named Isaac Wright, Isaac Wright Jr. And the meme says, in 1991, Isaac Wright was wrongfully convicted of being a drug kingpin in New Jersey and got life in prison. During the appeal process, he educated himself on the law, was exonerated of all crimes, went to law school, came back, and got the cops and judge locked up. <laughs> pretty and amazing. that is a true story. Wait, that was a meme? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there's the meme. Wow. It's a little long. It's a little long in the meme, but it's a really interesting story. And the one thing the meme actually left out, probably because it was so long, was the prosecutor. So he got the cop and the judge locked up. The prosecutor who orchestrated this whole thing, he got he he was on the lam, and when the feds knocked on his Las Vegas door, he put a cap in his head. No way. So it's a really interesting story. I don't know why this thing isn't a movie. Sounds like it could be. Yeah, it's really fascinating what he what he did in in his own way of uh, revenge uh, through the legal process. I thought you were going to tell me that all these people were currently in the Trump administration. <laughs> uh, he would have recruited uh, them if he could. I'm yeah. sure. All right. Uh, so before we jump into the topic, we got to do our beer. Okay. So where are the beers at? Pass them out, and I'll tell you what we got. Um, so we're going to start with a, a Bell's Winter White Ale. Um, I had some specific reasons as to why I chose the breweries that I did. And uh, for Bell's, I was one of the first, if not the first person, on the local news station in Kalamazoo, Michigan, to help Bell's sell their beer. Kind of like their first commercial on the 6 o'clock news and I was the guy drinking it. Wow. I've never been able to find a clip of it. Um, we did a lot of clips. I drank a lot of Bells. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm not sure he, the, the founder of Bells was very proud of the way that it, I came across. <laughs> because it was after quite a few pints. Um, but that's my short story on Bells. And uh, I know Fred's looking for the church key. And I have a little surprise. Ooh. I was in New York this last weekend. Jet Setter, you are? And I bought this. Oh, <laughs> no way. <laughs> you want to try and describe that? Oh, well, we have a new church key, and it's uh, the President's, a caricature of the President's. Very lifelike, though. Not. And his. Well, he is a caricature. You well, know, he is a caricature. And uh, the part to remove the bottle cap is his large mouth. And it's open. And it's open, of course, and running. So, all right. Well, I thought that would be nuts. the official bottoms up. Okay, so back to the beer. Um, it says that uh, the ale is a bright alternative to dark and heavy winter seasonal beers. It's got a magnet in it. Well, you can't beat that. So the thing doesn't go flying, but it kind of oh. Yeah, we like to take the, that we, magnet out. We, we do like the thing to go flying. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. Okay. Aww. <laughs> anyway, uh, 
What do we got here? It's only 5%, so that might be disappointing to some. Kissing your sister. Um, and it's an ale, so it doesn't say what the IBUs are, but probably pretty low. Okay. Bottoms, bottoms up. up. Bottoms up. Shameless. Bottoms up. I have to try it? Yeah, you have to try it. To be clear, I like Bud Light. This is... This is I think this, this this won't be offensive. Hmm. 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 <laughs> Those kind of faces don't play well on podcasts, you know. <laughs> you want to go first, it was, Plato? No, no, I'm I'm still I'm still tasting. Okay. Well, Belgian ale. I'm not quite sure. So when you think of wheat beers, you're usually thinking summer ales. And that's why they try and sell it on the marketing on the back saying this winter wheat doesn't have to be, you know, winter beer doesn't have to be uh, dark and heavy. It can be, you know, light and fruity. I, I don't know if this isn't just a, a another wheat beer repackaged. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure. I've had a wheat ale before. What is that aftertaste? What would you just, what would you call that? Uh, Terrible. Wheat. <laughs> like it was laying on the ground. I walked on it and then I put it in my mouth. It's the gluten aftertaste. <laughs> That's the gluten. <laughs> I, I think so. Mm. Nobs, what do you think? Okay. Well, I know exactly what I think about it. Uh, oh. I like these two. Bell's is one of my favorite breweries. Top three probably in Michigan. Uh, I love wheat ales. I've had this one before. Totally a thumbs up. All I like right. it. I approve. All right. Uh, I find it very drinkable. I, I'm still not 100% sure it's a winter beer as they're trying to sell it, uh, and, and not just a, a wheat beer, but, you know, I'm not sure I've had uh, a wheat beer that I, I didn't enjoy. So. Well, coming from being the IPA guy, I don't know. I, I don't care for that aftertaste, that gluten hay taste or whatever, wheat taste. I think I'm going to be a meh on this one. All right. Um, you can check out all of our beer reviews on our Facebook page. And uh, we've also kind of changed, if you've seen them before, we've changed the ratings a little bit. We no longer go thumbs up and thumbs down because not every beer is for everybody. So we've changed them to for me and not for me. Oh, okay. You know, <clears throat> All right, I, I say this one is not for me. I take my meh, meh back. back. Yeah, well, there's meh too, but oh, okay. I, yeah, no, meh, 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 still on there. Okay, um, so I think we got two for me's and a meh, and a not for me, and a not, and for, and me. not for me. <laughs> two to two. We we knew that going into it. Um, all right, um, fact checks from last week. Okay, fire them up. Um, so, uh, Shameless, one of the things that we like to do to try and stay away from being called fake news, because we spout off a bunch of shit we don't know what we're talking about, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that is, um, we'll make a little, sometimes verbal notations, sometimes we just do it as we're listening um, on our own broadcast later, of things that we wanted to fact check or things that we should fact check. So, we try and go through them pretty quickly because they take up some time, but we've got to make it right. We're trying to be... As truthful as we can yes. within our understanding of the world. So this is our attempt at trying to clean up messes we've made along We were the talking way. about uh, the percent of oil dependency we have with Saudi Arabia. And um, I think, Fred, you said 8%, and it turns out it's 9%. Yep. So uh, <clears throat> kudos to you. I, 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 I call that a bullseye. And uh, um, you, knew, you know that we get most of our... Gas from Canada, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, I didn't yeah. know what the okay. percent was. Forty. I yeah, put okay. it in the note. You didn't. You didn't add it in. Oh. Um, we were also talking about uh, house investigations and how sometimes they're farcical. And I brought up the uh, situation of when they brought in Pharma Bro, and he basically laughed at them for jacking up the price of his AIDS medicine. And he jacked that up 5,000%. We, were, we weren't quite sure exactly what the percentage was. I thought it was like six or 7,000. I think you might have mentioned it was a little lower, but it was actually 5,000. 5,000% 5, 5, is still an incredible number, and it just, <clears throat> it's just stupid. 
Um, <laughs> I'm glad, Fred, you fact-checked this, but <laughs> you, you, you thought that maybe it was true, but you qualified it, that margarine uh, is not just one molecule away from being plastic. <laughs> it, it is completely, uh, uh, there's no similarities in the chemical makeup. Did you ever think that margarine was very much like plastic? Had never you, crossed my mind. You, you'd never heard that wife's tale? I've never heard that wife's tale. Oh, okay. Well, we were talking about it. It came up, and then I thought, I better fact check that because someone's going to call me out on it. So I did my due diligence and checked it out, and yeah, no connection. <laughs> um, another piece was we were talking um, about uh, how the Supreme Court had gutted the Voting Rights Act um, and that was their ruling, Shelby County versus Holder. And I mentioned that essentially kind of what Roberts was stating was that there is no racism any longer, so we don't need to protect certain states. And I thought that he had even brought up within his majority opinion that they had elected a black president, Barack Obama, as sort of substantiating his claim that we don't need this any longer. Um, uh, Obama was not mentioned in the opinion, uh, uh, but it was mentioned in a lot of uh, subsequent um, analysis of the opinion. So that's so that a lot of people made that ties is why I made that connection. Um, but what 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 uh, Roberts did write in that opinion <clears throat> was quote based on forty year old facts having no logical relationship to the present day. And that's where most people pointed it and say, are you, are you saying that 40 years ago we had racism, but today we don't? So, um, and then uh, uh, lastly, uh, uh, Fred overstated, uh, overstated the overall approval rating for the ACA. Um, uh, he thought it might have been between 60 and 70 percent, and uh, it really was only 50, 53 percent. I was wrong. I wouldn't give you a bullseye on that, but I would give you a hand grenade. You were in hand grenade range. <laughs> yeah. That's based on the percentage of all people or based on the percentage based of people on... that actually use it? He did his own fact check on that. So It was it was the polls I looked it's up. It's an opinion poll, right? It was an opinion poll, and it was they said it was based on adults. That's how they kept phrasing it. And they said between 50 to 53%. I kept finding that range, but the uh, the disapproval was hold it held fast at around 40% pretty consistently through all the polls I looked at so it's still a positive thing and uh, 10 to 13% above so all righty well today uh, we've got two topics we're going to cover with you all uh, the first one on the political side of things is the lame duck smash and grab and Which then, is a complete oxymoron. In fact, I'm really annoyed by hearing this term, lame duck. Lame duck doesn't apply anymore. Lame duck means you're not doing anything, right? Isn't that what? Am I am I wrong about the the metaphor? Or, of lame or duck? you can't get, or you can't get anything done. You're being prevented because of your circumstances, right? Okay, I go with same, that. Same, same, right? But that's not what's occurring. Oh no, lame, well, lame duck doesn't mean that anymore. Well, it certainly did when Obama was trying to appoint a Supreme Court justice. It, it did indeed. We had a lame duck year, right? I yes. mean, that was like yes. the longest lame duck excuse ever. Um, you know, just because he was in so his I'm, final I'm just very curious that these same people are conducting themselves the way they are. <laughs> it, it, that's a great point. I, you know, but I, I just think that we shouldn't call it the lame duck anymore. To I, me, it's it's the power grab smashing session. Grab, the right. smashing grab session. Because now let's do whatever damage we can do or change whatever rules we can do before we lose power. I think back before all this, lame duck meant, okay, we're not doing anything because the new administration's coming in. So yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. I you, find it to be an oxymoron. You get conditioned to hearing things like a term like that and you don't really give it much thought. So kudos to you for thinking about it in those terms because... I just read it, accepted it, and moved along into the information. Right? We don't accept anything. All right. <laughs> As is. <laughs> All right. And then after that, our... Uh, I challenge everything, which you'll see in the second segment. <laughs> Speaking I of the second everything. segment, uh, <laughs> we're going to lighten it up a little bit and uh, sort of go into a seasonal uh, topic, Politically Incorrect Christmas. And uh, we're going to have some fun with that. We got uh, a lot of good stuff lined up and should have some 
shits and giggles out of it. Hopefully. Hopefully. Okay. All right. Let's get into that smash and grab there, Blotto. Well, I mean, we could start right here in Michigan. I mean, I'm, you know, and Wisconsin. That's that's where this is happening. What's great about it is it's getting national attention. It's it just not it's picking up speed like a snowball. Yeah, and as we were talking about, shameless when you arrived, it's it's changing all the time. I mean, the information that we have today will be different than what's happening tomorrow. When, when I was looking at what kind of things the Wisconsin and Michigan legislation legislators are trying to do before they lose their grip on power, that is changing. You know, the bills are changing. Uh, the governors haven't committed to whether they're going to sign yet or not. Um, so it's it, it's it's a really dynamic um, situation, and you know. Uh, by the time that you know someone listens to this, it it, it, it may have already been resolved. Um, but I think there's the the larger, the larger point, and the, to me the larger point, and we can get into some of those things that they're trying to do. But to me the larger point is that when you have an election or when you're an elected official, you're signing a social contract with the voters, saying that you respect their wishes. They voted you in, so. You respect their wishes. You're now, a representative. And now when they've decided that they don't like what you're doing and they want to change, they voted you out. And just because there's, you know, a two month period between the election and when people are sworn in, that doesn't give you the, you know, the um, the, the power or the uh, the license to then abuse that power. And say, okay, I'm going to do whatever I can against the will of the people. So you've broken that social contract, which is core to our democracy. That's what I think is the larger narrative. And it happened in North Carolina two years ago. And and now we're looking at it in Wisconsin and Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if you remember this and maybe I'm not remembering it right, but I, but I don't think this is the first time that Michigan has done something like this because I remember when we were younger that like we had a referendum on changing the um, sales tax mm. and we and we as the people all voted it down and I swear that the legislature then went and passed raising it from four to six percent like like immediately after right and right. I <laughs> so and, and and it's interesting because fact check that yes <laughs> for I, next week we will I'm fact not check. totally no, sure but that that's this is correct, why we do the fact check but what I recall um, point, but that's a, a great example and as, as a matter of fact a lot of that is in uh, you know unconstitutional by state constitutions you know they need super majorities to overturn people's re- referendums you know the one that I find kind of interesting is just in the last election where Michigan voted uh, to approve uh, recreational marijuana. Yeah, now, buddy. I don't know if a lot of people knew exactly what was in the bill. I didn't feel like I was it's voting. It's legal now, though. Right. As of yesterday. <laughs> um, I December 6th. I wasn't RDA. voting on a specific bill for that. Were you voting on a specific bill? You were voting in general to have it legal, right? Is, uh, well, I don't know. I come from a different perspective because one of my friends works for the state of Michigan, and she spent a lot of time talking to me about it because she wanted to convince me to vote uh, a different way than than I okay. originally thought I was going to. So she spent a lot of time. She sent me the bill, the whole bill, and asked me to read it and sent me like things to listen Such to. Such an informed voter. You she know? lobbied you, right? Yeah. She did lobby to me. See, I think I, I I didn't look into the bill. I knew what the premise was, but you start getting into the nitty gritty of the bill, you know. And and now what they're doing is they're trying to change some of that nitty gritty in the bill, and uh, uh, you know. Uh, the, the GOP and Snyder has said, well, maybe we're not going to use the tax revenues for schools and roads. Maybe we're going to use it for law enforcement and municipalities. Uh, you know, that is not what the people voted for. I was going to say, I, I don't understand how they can tinker with something that was a referendum versus what they did with the um, the sick day policy and then with the uh, minimum wage, which I, I think you're going to touch on shortly. Yeah. Yeah, no, same thing. But just like what happened in North Carolina in 2016, it's going to end up in the courts. 
because that's what Roy Cooper is doing now. Is he's fighting all of these changes that they made, you know, in the courts. So a lot of those things are in limbo. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that's from North Carolina. Roy yeah, I'm, I'm just saying how it, you know that happened in 2016, and, and they put all these bills, the and they're still it? in the courts trying to, you know, one side or another trying to fight whatever it is that they were trying to pull off. Yeah, it's 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 shameless. Shame. <laughs> <laughs> You're the poster child for um, what they're doing. Um, yeah. So but, uh, uh, yeah. I think they can, but I think the reason that they can do things like that is I think that um, just like your budget at work, I think that a, a budget's in place, and I think you can move money around within a budget. So I, I think that's how they get away with it. I, I see it as two parts to, to this whole this whole problem, uh, Wisconsin and, and Michigan. There there are policy changes that they're, they're trying to make, right? So the policy changes. In um, Michigan, you know, they would include things like scaling back the minimum wage, right? Trying to slow roll that out. It was going to be fifteen dollars by twenty, twelve dollars by twenty twenty, and now it's by twenty thirty. I mean, I, I, how how what kind of increments do you have to give people as raises to get up to twelve dollars by twenty thirty? <laughs> but but what you're talking about there is is sort of different because the the marijuana thing was um, on the ballot and we the voters mm. voted for it. But with the minimum wage and that sick leave thing, it was going to be on the ballot, and but they, the legislation mm-hmm. grabbed it. Voted it in, so it sort of looked like they they were on the side of the minimum wage increase in and bolstering up the sick pay thing. But the reason they did that is because to keep it off the ballot. Well, keep it off the ballot, and here's why: because if it's on the ballot, they almost legalized they, marijuana. Don't they have to have a, right, a three quarter? Right. Yeah, uh, like majority, super majority. Super majority. But if they if they pass the law themselves, they only need a simple majority, yeah. and so they have that because the Republicans hold. Yeah. Um, there was Congress a lot of talk Michigan. that they were going to legalize marijuana to keep it off the ballots to for keep, the exact same reason. Well, so they so, could, so, so no, so Democratic turnout would be low, so there wouldn't be a wedge issue to bring Democrats. Oh to no, the, the potheads <laughs> would have come out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they probably were going to start giving it out free yeah. right away to keep people home. But but I think yeah. I was just going to say, I don't think that's the reason that people came out to vote in the numbers that they did in the state of Michigan. I don't think so. And, and that's probably why they took their chances on that, you know. Um, because because if they really would have thought it worked as conniving as they are, that's what they would have done. They would have passed it to, mm-hmm. if, if they really would have caught, uh, thought it was going to keep voters at home. But I think there's two big parts to this. There's the legislative things that they're doing, right? So like minimum wage or... Um, um, you know, what they're doing with the tax dollars from marijuana. But what's really worse, it's the procedural things that they're doing. That's where they're not they're they're not even able to make the case that this we're we're working the will of the people that voted us in before we leave. Okay? You could kind of make that case. But when you start messing around with the rules, saying, okay, before we leave, we're gonna take power away from the AG. We're gonna take power away from the Secretary of State. That's changing the rules of the game. Governors? Yeah, exactly. That's, that's to me, is a bigger issue than even those legislative changes, um, y- you know. Yeah, the only reason you can buy that, so, so let's just say they have some good interest of the state at heart. Let's just pretend mm-hmm. they do. Then, Which they don't, but okay. No, but... This but, is pretend. But if, but if they were really trying to write what they felt was a wrong of the way the state is run and people's roles and responsibilities, then this should have been something that they did when they started their term, not with, right. with a couple weeks left. I mean, that right. just proves that they really had no interest in that. You know, that it's all about politics. Yeah. They're yeah. just uh, trying to preserve the things that they have in place now. Right. Yes. Right. Um, so when you, you know, when they're talking about, um, you know, reducing the attorney general's power, in such that uh, she, I think is the new attorney general, is not able to um, uh, investigate uh, charities and 501Cs, and they want to take that away from the AG. That's that that's not on the uh, on the behalf of the people. That's on behalf of them. Oh, 
No, to be clear, that's on behalf of I want to keep churches yes. a 501c and pretend that I don't have separation of church and state and get all the benefits of being a 501c, but, you know. That, get them shameless. That's get them now. That's exactly now. what that's about. <laughs> um, the other one, and, and I know that it's still part of the bills in Wisconsin, I think it was part of what Michigan was trying to do as well, and that is on certain offenses, they were going to remove the power of the AG and let the legislator bring in their own oh, prosecuting right. attorneys yes. to determine whether or not they could go after abuses. And it's like... Well, who's going to pay for that? That was exactly <laughs> what I wanted to know, how that was going they're, to be they're, they're, paying, they're paying the attorney general yeah. to do a job. Aren't they physically... Responsible? Aren't they fiscal? Fiscally responsible? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so they want to be. So now they're outsourcing, eh? Mm-hmm. Well, That's yeah, really and what they're doing. What, and well, it's not only they're outsourcing, but who are they going to hire as their attorneys? Their their buddy? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, what are you going to bid that out to be <laughs> vetting those attorneys? <laughs> A couple of things that Wisconsin doing is really diabolical, and you know, I, I, I've seen some things in the national media that. Snyder seems to be a little bit more moderate and may not sign everything that is, is going in front of him to preserve his legacy. <laughs> Walker, no such chance. Absolutely. <laughs> T- tell me, Wisconsin isn't more radicalized. I mean, even comparing to Michigan, they seem much They're more GOP radical. Is. They're GOP. They're GOP. Is. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for that correction. You compare the two, and like with Schneider, I'm almost holding out a little bit of hope that he doesn't want to go out labeled. I... I don't know right. that it's going to happen. But, you know, I don't want it to happen in Wisconsin either. You know, I mean, but I mean, Scott Walker doesn't care. No, it, he doesn't. He, no. he he does not care, and I, I get the feeling he's going to turn the screws as much as he can, and so is the GOP there. It just it almost seems like there's some vindictiveness. Is that the right word? Yeah. Yes, no, it it's, it's definitely. That's the word. Like one of the things that – one of the bills that they're proposing right now before he leaves is uh, – they want to separate elections for Supreme state Supreme Court justices from the primaries. So in the past, when they've had primary elections, that's when they've had state Supreme Court justice elections. Because they think less people will come out yes. then for another election? Yes. If they, if, they, if they make it a separate election, the primaries draw pretty well from both parties. And, you know, m- midterm in between elections draw higher Republicans. So let's have our own Supreme Court election days. Um and, and, of course, the election board is saying that's insane. And who pays for that? Taxpayer. Yeah. yeah. I mean, running elections is not cheap. What were they saying? It was going to cost $7 million to do all this extra extra stuff. Yeah, just to help them But isn't the GOP the party of fiscal responsibility? I, that's what we've heard. Okay. We're not quite sure on that yet. So. Yeah. <clears throat> um. So I, you know, I, I just think that what we're seeing now is going to um, continue. You know, I, 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 maybe the courts will help out. Maybe the people will rise up and say, you know what? I don't think the You're courts out. are going to help out. So what I heard about something going on in Wisconsin is that one of the things that they did was they had some astronomical number of judge appointments that had been yes. left unconfirmed. Yes. And they went through in the middle of the night and they, like, approved them all. It was like 80 maybe. Yeah. Yeah, 81, <laughs> right? Yeah, 80 yeah. judges in Wisconsin. Yeah. But, you know, e- even even judges that are uh, confirmed or appointed by Republicans often do the right thing. Often. Not every time. But, you know, because so many of these things are black and white issues. Again, not, not all the time. And, and unfortunately, we probably are moving into a, a day and age where uh, – the courts are becoming more biased. You know, sadly. Um, this whole situation, to me, it just doesn't seem democratic and it just doesn't seem American to me. And, and the funny thing about it, it seems like they're so brazen, they're just kind of sticking it in our faces. And, and I just can't believe that the country is going to accept this kind of stuff. But it's like they're nibbling around the edges with Michigan, Wisconsin, Mm -hmm. and North Carolina, seeing how far they can push things. And 
I see other states falling in line behind this pretty soon. If they yeah, don't, no, that's what I think. If is they don't fear as well. shut this this kind of stuff down, it's just totally undermining our whole system. Yeah, and unfortunately, opinion. there are more red states, and a lot of those red states are turning more purple. You know, I mean, they're doing whatever they can to keep them red, but you know, Georgia's getting more purple, Texas is getting more purple, uh, Mississippi is getting more purple. Not. Okay, <laughs> just trying to draw a reaction out of you, shameless. <laughs> um, this beer is really good, uh, but and and as those states become more purple, that's what you're going to see because the last thing to switch over is going to be the the houses, you know, the state houses within those because of the gerrymandering, because of the way they're drawing districts, because um, you know rural areas get more voting share than urban areas. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we're, we're in basically blue or purplish states, Wisconsin and, and Michigan, historically. And this is what we're seeing by that little bit of power that the GOP had. And, you know, imagine in Georgia trying to, to convert that state over. It's going to get ugly. Mm-hmm. Ugly. Um. I'm I'm about ready for another beer. All right, well, bottoms up. Bottoms up. Let's finish this first one. Be done with it. All right, let's look into the Grassy Trolls Treasure Trove of Brew and see what our second beer for the day is. The next beer that I got is from Austin Brothers Brewery in Alpena. It says it's a tasty craft beer. Um, that's what they all are. To be proven. Um, we give so much time and attention to those beers on the west side of the state. That's where most of the craft breweries are. Yep. Well, there are a couple on the east side of the state as well, which is where Alpena is. And uh, I was up there a couple of weeks ago, and uh, we came across this brewery, had lunch there as well, and thought some of their uh, some of their beverages were quite tasty. So that's why I, I brought this along. Um, what I love about the bottle. Can I stop you for a sec? Nope. Did you say the name of it? Austin Brothers? I must have gapped because I don't remember you <laughs> hearing you say I, Maybe I did. Uh, I, did he say Shameless? I think he did. Did you gap? Did uh, we have a knobs? A we can, we can rerun it if we want. <laughs> uh, but one of the things that I really like about He still didn't. Their label, you stop, is no. the information that they give you on the label. All so, right. for instance, this says it pairs well with Broward's, Buffalo Wings, Pizza, Pork Belly, Fish and Chips. Simply enjoy, it says. Uh, and then it talks a little bit about the beer. It's called a 45er. Uh, it's a West Coast style um, because it's being brewed on the 45th parallel. Of so course. I guess that's where Alpina is for, for those uh, geo nuts. I thought it was a comparison to Colt 45. Um, no paper bag way, on too. this. <laughs> um, what and, are the uh, stats? Any stats for us? Seven uh, percent. Oh yeah. Alcohol and it is an IPA, which I stepped out of my comfort zone for you, Fred. On this, you like IPAs. I don't even know if we've had an IPA yet. Yeah, we did. And we did. Which one was it? The first. The first oh, the Voodoo. Voodoo. The Voodoo. The Voodoo the, IPA. We had the IPI. <laughs> All right, so let's give them a uh, – I think I figured out how to fix the – Oh, do it the other just, way? Just, just do it the other way. Uh, oh, no. I won't work. Doesn't work. All right, we so we're stuck with the magnets. Overcome by technology. Here we go. Knobs. You're right, that magnet's a pain in the butt. Well, it serves a purpose, but, but not if it, you're defeats, multiple it beers. defeats our purpose. Well, not only that, but if you're opening multiple beers, you still got to take it off the magnet. All right. Maybe that church key is supposed to be like a personal thing. Bottoms up. Bottoms up. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate this one more. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I might be with you on that because I'm not an IPA, IPI person. Well, you might actually like this. Whoa. Uh, whoa? I think that's a whoa beer. Really? 
Yeah, that's that's it, the 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 grapefruit is really strong. Grapefruit. That didn't even rock my woe meter. Actually, a grapefruit is what's in it. Yes. You IPA taste grapefruit? with hints of pear, grapefruit, tropical fruit, lemon, two and a half pounds of hops per barrel. <laughs> I believe that. All right, knobs. <laughs> Let's hear it. What you got? Um, what you got? I'll give it a thumbs up on the condition that too hearted is better. Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. But it's it's your standard IPA. It's good. It's you know, not remarkable, but I find it, it passes. So so do you taste the grapefruit? Yeah, oh, yeah. Do you taste the pear? No. <laughs> There's more pear than grapefruit. <laughs> According I'm, to the ingredients. I'm looking for Disagree. maple syrup. <laughs> I taste I yuck. Think still a little bit <laughs> that coating was bad. <laughs> Um, now we're drinking out of the bottle, and again, the label has a lot of information. It recommends a glass, a pint glass, hmm. and mm. a bratwurst. Where's the bratwurst? Um, but uh, now that's that when the budget increases. Would be delicious, <laughs> delicious. <laughs> we're, we have to up the budget here for bottoms up. So what? What? What do you say there, Blotto? I, I, is it hideous? It is not for me because I'm still not an IPA person. Maybe by the time we get to 1,000 episodes, I will be an IPA person. It's not hideous. I plan on finishing it. You, I, I've, I've been stuck drinking IPAs before, and I finished them. So. Stuck? No, 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 no. <laughs> Honor to. <laughs> do you think 45 has to do with the model year of the truck? Just curious. Again, I think their labeling is great. There's That's lots it. of things going on in there. And I'm, I'm sure if they didn't put a, a 1945 truck on the label that they called 45, which has to do with the parallel that it's been brewed on, that would have been a miss on their product development team. Hmm. All righty. That's the way. The well, 45er. I don't taste the IPA bitterness and grapefruit level that I enjoy. It's actually, to me, this is kind of on the tame side. Oh. Are you saying that you are bitter? I am a bitter. (laughs) I am a bitter. Of course I'm a bitter person. He's a bitter troll. I'm a bitter troll, (laughs) and I like bitter beer. Um, So actually, I'm kind of left empty with that part of it. Uh, it. It tastes good in general. But I would actually like it ramped up a little bit. It could be a bit more IPA-er. Yes, for sure. Really? For me. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, it has two and a half pounds of hops. <laughs> well, I am thrilled that you did get an IPA, and I, and I know you don't care for them, but... I'm always willing to step out of my comfort zone. I'm thankful for that. Mm. It is for me. Okay. I, I, I will give it the... It better be. I'm yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, have you had beers from Austin Brothers before, do you think? Mm-mm. I, I think they're just starting to now trickle down into southeast Michigan. I've never yeah. even seen them before. Yeah. I also know of one establishment that serves it. Which is? Uh, the Shameless MI Sports plug. Bar. Where? MI Sports Bar. Oh, okay. In Fraser, Fraser Michigan. Yeah. Yeehaw. Uh, Giddy up. MI Sports Bar. Another place in Macomb County. A county that I cannot believe that you dragged me to. I, I, this I, I didn't finish the story about how we got shameless here. <laughs> well, do it now. Um, uh, I, I know that she doesn't like to spend her money or time in Macomb County because Macomb County flipped in 2016. Oh, we caused the issue. Yes, yeah, uh, we really did. Oh, absolutely, Macomb County caused yes. Michigan to fall. The There's no question issue. about it. No, no question. question. And, and so she kind of vows never to step into Macomb County. So, this is the first time I have been in Macomb County <laughs> since the 2016 election. <laughs> so, so when so I invited her... So soon we forget, right? <laughs> but, but, but this is the way that I put it. So when I invited her to come to be a guest tonight, she said, do I have to go to Macomb County? And I said... <laughs> Think of it as the resistance, as the French were behind enemy lines in World War One or World War Two rather. This is the, within our little studio, basement studio here. This is where our resistance is is happening. So that's how I convinced her. And that was that was funny. So yeah, you you and bought I, in, We just right? need more like fuck Trump signs up and stuff like <laughs> and that, right? I, I didn't spend any money, and I'm and I'll be in and out fast. Um, that's true. That's true. And that's not always a good thing. She isn't totally selling her soul. 
as uh, Fred had mentioned, the uh, second topic for tonight was the impolitically correct Christmas. And I wanted to qualify that uh, as this is not about the war on Christmas or people who don't say Merry Christmas, blah, blah, blah. I could really care less about that. And it doesn't deserve any time whatsoever. But something caught my eye in the news or, you know, the viral a couple weeks ago or a week ago. And um, I just thought it was an interesting topic. And I'll also put the broader kind of umbrella over the whole thing. And that was this little controversy around the song, Baby, It's Cold Outside. And for those that, you know, are not aware, the, the, the song has some lines in it that people kind of felt it wasn't indicative of the Me Too movement. And it's about, it's, it's what they call a, um, uh, forgetting what it's called, um, a comment recall song, something along those lines, but where you have two people and it's a duet. And the gal is at this guy's apartment and she wants to leave and he's trying to convince her to stay. And so how much he tries to convince her to stay, that's where sort of, you know, the, the, the Me Too kind of comes into play and people are sort of like, hey, this, this, this song is way out of touch with the times. Now, I will say up front, I am not offended by the song. Nor what am I. I what, nor, nor am I. What, what I find interesting, <clears throat> what I find interesting about the whole controversy is things like this. As a society, should we be looking at them through the lens of when they were created or through the lens of today? That's, that, that's where people can go either way with that. And I understand both scenarios, both views to say, maybe we should be looking at this through today's lens. You know, we, we, we talked about the Queen movie. Right. You know, and, you know, some critics didn't like it because they didn't feel it was sensitive enough or portrayed the gay movement in the right light. Um, Shameless is looking very puzzled by this, but um, I loved that movie. It's a great movie. It's a great movie, and I and, and we all liked we, that movie. We, we all saw it. we all liked it. We were, but I but we both had read some critics reviews about it saying, uh, you know, it made uh, you know the, the gay lifestyle look like nothing but a party. And but you remember that our, our conversation about that, and I don't know if you remember me saying this or not. They portrayed it that way, but to me, that was how it was portrayed back then. That's Correct. that's it, how society it, saw it, it, the it gay is through community. Through the lens of back of when it was right. when it's it was happening, exactly. and not through the lens of today. Right. So and you I, wouldn't, you know. I think them making yeah, the movie yeah. that way—that's what was so, going so, on. So back on track with with baby, it's cold outside. Um, the song was written in 1944. Here's some little factoids, right? Stat man. Because you're the stat man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's the stat man. In 1944, Frank Lozer created the song. And the reason he really created the song was back in the 40s, in the heyday of the Hollywood uh, you know, stars. They had a lot of, you know, when they had their parties, the stars of those times were expected to perform. Sit down at the pianos, do duets. That's how they entertain themselves. Oh, darling. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, so he decided to write a song that would be fun for uh, a guy and a gal to sing together as a duet at these parties. That's the reason he wrote the song. It ended up being uh, first played in a movie starring Esther Williams and Ricardo Montalban. Uh, Wasn't Esther Williams the swimming lady? Yeah, but she also was just uh, uh, an on-land actress. (laughs) (laughs) She she also did perform on terra firma. Really? Yes, not just in the bimodal. <laughs> anyway, so that's why the song was created. So so it would be fun at parties, and then it just kept going on and on and on. I looked up. Uh, we'll get to the lyrics of the song here in a, in a bit. The ones that are are in the news, but they are funny. Um, but looking at versions. Um, uh, there are over 95, over I think over 100 different versions that I could find on iTunes of Baby It's Cold Outside. And here are some of the more notable uh, duets. Of course, there's Bing Crosby and Doris Day. Ba, 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 ba. Are you going to impersonate them all? Yes. Okay. So here's, what about Barry Manilow and Katie Olson? It looks like we made it. <laughs> 
That's not lyric. I just want to tell you I had never heard of this song until this controversy occurred. But you did hear about it before you arrived today. Yes, before yeah. I arrived today. So, yes. you know, it's very viral, right? Very viral. Um, Bette Midler and James Caan. James did a Did a duo of it. Nice. Um, Olivia Newton-John and John Travolta. Was it in Greece? It was. <laughs> it is it is awful. No, it, it, of course it, it is. It's not the worst one, though. It's not the worst one. I'll get to the worst one. I see the worst one. The the uh, quintessential worst one yeah, is but, but drum roll. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I got to tell you about the Olivia Newton-John. The Olivia Newton-John one and John Travolta one, they actually switched the roles. Oh, so he's on. singing the role about he wants to leave the apartment, and she's trying to convince him to stay. Ooh. She's trying to get him physical, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. Oh. Yeah. All right. But no, I, out of all the versions that I listened to, going back to uh, what you were saying, I I just can't believe these two ever paired up. Rod Stewart and Dolly Parton. <laughs> I'm trying to imagine what that would even sound it's like. It's so bad. It's, it's so bad. It sounds like Rod Stewart and Dolly Parton. That's what it sounds like. So that's why. If Oil and Water could sing a duet, that's what it would sound like. Uh, all right. So there's a couple lyrics in here that I think are really sort of, again, that, that, that go kind of pressing the envelope of what would be considered to be too. So let's listen to a couple and... Um, and then maybe we'll chat about it a little bit. Okay, now, so uh, yeah, cue up um, uh, segment one there. The neighbors might think. Maybe it's bad out there. Say, what's in this drink? No camps to be had out there. So it's uh, the, neighbors, the neighbors might think, say, what's in that drink? And then he says, no cabs to be had out there. So that's what we're going to So this is like the main one. So she says, say, what's in that drink? So what, did you roofie her? Is that, is that okay. the implication? Okay, so that's where we're going to go. There, we're going to go. That'd be today's filter, though, right? Correct. All right, so you, you heard that line in there that says, say what's in this drink. What do you think, Shameless? What do you, what do you, what do you think she's saying when, and a lot of times this is accompanied by video because it's been in movies and stuff. And Well, I don't think that's necessarily, like, what did you put in my drink? That can just be, hey, like... I'm kind of tipsy. Say, what's in that drink? <laughs> and then his response is something to the effect of, you're never going to get a cab. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of fear that he She tried... should have got Uber. <laughs> there's a lot of fear in trying to get her to stay, okay? Oh. Um, yeah, so. Um, and then, of course, with any Me Too movement, there's got to be a lot of rejection, right? So roll two. I ought to say no, no, Mind no, if I'm moving At least I'm going to say that I tried. What's the sense of hurting my pride? In that, you can hear her say repeatedly, no, no, no. <laughs> Which, you well, know, no. is yes, no, yes, yes. No, it's I ought to say no, 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 not... It's parsing, no, isn't no, it? No, 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 that's... <laughs> I ought to say no, no, no is not the same as no, no, no. <laughs> Uh, I suppose so. I suppose so. And and then, uh, as I mentioned, um, there's the fear factor. So, uh, roll segment three. I've Ford, got to get but home. But baby, you freeze out there. Say, uh, lend me a It's cold. up to your knees out there. And, you know, that's where he's saying, if you leave me, you'll freeze. <laughs> and you may die. So, so, so he's, he's giving it all he's got. <laughs> it's a song. It's a song. He's threatening death, though. No, it's, it's like any other Merry song. Merry Christmas. I mean, it's a yeah. song. It's a, it's a song in that respect. But, you know, here's kind of kind of validation to why some people would be offended to this song. And I am not one of them. I'm going to keep, keep qualifying it. I look at these things really through the lens as to when they were created. There might be some you know, exceptions to them. But um, there are more recent versions where a lot of those lines are changed. So Michael Blue has a version out there where instead of uh, whoever he's singing with, I don't recall, says, say what's in this drink. She says, say, was that a wink? So in newer versions of the song, they felt like, oh, you know what? That's not appropriate. 
they do this duet in Elf. Yes. With Will Ferrell. And yeah. It's not Will Ferrell's uh, voice, by the way. It's Zoe's, but it's not, not Will's. Zoe Deschanel. Yeah. But do, do they change the words in that? Do you know? I didn't listen. Hmm. I was just I curious listen. because... We'll fact check that. We'll fact check that. Yeah. So That version was a Johnny Mercer and Margaret Whiting. Johnny Mercer. 1949. I was at his grave this year. Johnny Mercer's grave? Yeah. I was in when California. you were out in L- LA? Yeah, we went to... Um, what the hell is the name of that cemetery? But it's all these famous people. Chris wow. Cornell. I was at Chris Carnell's grave. Interesting, interesting. And there's also versions that are even less politically correct. So the Frank Sinatra, Dorothy Kirsten version, he says, oh, there's a draft. Let me lock the door. And then he says, gulp, sorry, I swallowed the key. Okay. No. I'm worried about a song being politically correct when, like, have you listened to rap music? I mean, <laughs> every time we listen to our podcast, we do. Bottoms up, bottoms up. You got to switch that off. <laughs> Shameless, it's not all encompassing. It's not all encompassing. All right. So, Shameless doesn't see anything wrong with the song. No. You must, I don't. You must see something wrong with Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. But who doesn't? <laughs> I do not see anything wrong with Rudolph. You Red will shortly. Here. Yeah, absolutely. You're about to be edumacated. <laughs> it is the worst bullying movie ever. <laughs> Melania would hate this movie. If if there was social media, yeah, you know, Comet and Dasher, they they they, they would be the big bullies on the block. Well, they would be. Like, they would be the president. What about rockabye baby cradle fall thing? I mean, like that's a lullaby, and the baby falls out of the right, cradle. Right, you look at it as a lens. <laughs> the, 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 the thing with the thing with Rudolph is you have all these bullies, right? You got his dad who treats him like crap, who's shocked that his son has a red nose. You got Coach Comet who who acknowledges that Rudolph is the most athletic out of everyone in the class. But then when he sees his red nose, he actually screams in horror <laughs> at, at, at his, I don't know if we want to call it a birth defect. <laughs> Disability. Disabil- it's not even that, right? But then he's like, then he kicks him out of the reindeer games. Santa's the biggest jerk ever. Ever? Santa, Sa- Santa basically says, we don't want you either until he <laughs> needs him. And then he comes crawling back. The overall theme, here's the overall theme in Rudolph. No consequences if you're a bully. The bad guys in Rudolph never pay the consequences. They bully Rudolph, they kick him out of the tribe, and then when they need him, they bring him back, and everything is just like, whatever. A little snowstorm, and they do a 180, right? They yeah. need the They need the nose. Hermes, elf dad. You want to be a dentist? We don't want you. Get out. <laughs> You're on your own at 16. Island of <laughs> Misfit Toys. This is a ridiculous toys. conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Mission accomplished. Bottoms up. Bottoms up. <laughs> now, not, I, uh, there are a lot. There, there are other people that have seen this, and this is this goes back to the first time I heard about the uh, politically incorrectness of Rudolph. Call it uh, was probably as early as 2007, 2000. Five, something like that where I started reading articles and I thought they were hilarious I, I really I really thought they were funny articles about how P- Rudolph is uh, just not the kind of lessons that you would want to teach your kids um, but then and, and I say that I'm not the only one or other people have kind of caught on to this um, I came across a version of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer by Jack Johnson and this is how he finishes the cargo the- short guy, hemp hats, Jack Johnson, singer songwriter. Yeah, I okay. guess so. Never mind. Carry okay. On. Anyway, and so this is Emily how- will understand that. This is this is how he finishes up the song. Roll it, knobs. Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer, you go down in history. 
But Rudolph, he didn't go for that He said, I see through your silly games How can you look me in the face When only yesterday you called me names And all of the other reindeers, man Well, they sure did feel ashamed But Rudolph, you know we're sorry We're truly gonna try to change. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, shameless. You know what I have a little what, humor. What, over I, there. what I am wondering, Fred, is you know how earlier we were talking about um, what does Blotto do during the day? <laughs> <laughs> how did he mm. even find this information? <laughs> and how, how long did, he, did it take you? How did you tie Jack Johnson into this Actually, I will give I will give credit. <laughs> I will give credit to my to my girlfriend. She came home and I think she heard this version on Sirius Radio and said, "Hey, you know your whole Rudolph thing cuz she knows I freak out about it." <laughs> and she's like, "I heard this version and it took a little bit of searching to figure out exactly who sung it, but then we were able to dig it up." And I thought it was it, it was pretty funny that his take is, uh, screw you, Santa. All right, this is this is my only thought uh, on this. How can we live? Because because I still think this is just a ridiculous conversation about the song. But um, how can we live in a society where people are worried about this song, but not? What comes out of President Dunce's mouth every <laughs> single minute of the day? I like to believe that that it's not exclusive. That it's that it, that you can be both. That's you know, you know. What does the grassy troll say? Well, she makes a good point. You know, it, it is amazing yeah. what spins people out and what doesn't and should. So, but we're trying to keep a little levity here. So, all right. Yeah. You know, it's not just Rudolph. And it's, it's not. <laughs> what else you got, Blotto? Well, I mean, shameless, what about Home Alone and Child Endangerment? <laughs> <laughs> well, Christmas did, Story and Gun Control. Okay, wait a minute. I and love the Christmas Story. You know how much I love the Christmas I Story. I have a leg lamp. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I think you made me watch A Christmas Story for the first time. But Chinese yeah. stereotypes. Well... What about what about? Fra ra 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 ra. Oh, uh, wait. The first thing, Home Alone. Yeah. If if you thought that that movie was based in realism, <laughs> to start to it really start did. with, it really did. I mean, who doesn't notice they left their kid at home? Someone with too many kids. Right, but the realism doesn't matter. The realism doesn't matter. It's it's just about. It's a funny you know, movie. Exactly. It's just it's. It is supposed to be just creativity, you know. I mean, there are things in the world like that. That don't go even, there. We're not trying to go dark. Okay, We're not trying to go dark. But like I used you know? to walk to school by myself when I was five years old, all by myself. Like now, my mother would be she arrested had a CCW, for that. Right, right, though. right. I have what? Conceal carry. <laughs> the I did not roll with it. <laughs> the, no, trust me. Like one trust of the me. examples that I, that I thought of was I lived in, in the, the city movie. of Chicago, and I walked to school by myself when in I was the, five. In the, in the Bill Murray, <laughs> in the, my shady too. In the Bill Murray movie Scrooged, they're at the Christmas party and they're handing out photocopies of the secretary's ass. That probably would not be in a movie today. It's it's funny, and it was funny in Scrooge, but it probably would not be included in a movie today. Maybe it would be. I mean, if the movie's set up that way, like like we're talking about holiday stuff, right? Bad Santa, that's politically incorrect throughout the whole movie. I enjoy it. That's what it's supposed to Adam be. Adam Sandler could probably make a whole movie based around that idea of a photocopied ass. No? Yeah. Oh. Did he? No. Oh. <laughs> Hyperbole. <laughs> Hyperbolic. I'm being Hyperbolic. <laughs> Yeah, if Netflix is paying Adam Sandler, he, he would make a movie about my pinky nail. Okay, I mean it wouldn't matter. <laughs> That's better than your Barry Manilow. Hmm. Anyway, just think of your own uh, uh, examples of political incorrectness run amok in the holidays, and uh, you can share them with us on our Facebook page. Which is bottoms up. 
Wait, what? You have a Facebook page? Uh, yes, we do. <laughs> and we have a web page, and you can find us on Spotify and Apple and other places. And Stitcher. Do you want me to read them? Read what? What she just asked for. No, I think we have to go. Okay. Well, <laughs> and on that note, bottoms up. Bottoms up. And uh, thank you very much to Shameless for stopping in and absolutely uh, adding into the fun. And uh, we'll see you in episode five. Bottoms up. Bottoms Out. up. Cause baby, I hate you. Cause baby, I hate you. Cause baby.